ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'm your boy Stevie Jobber. Uh, I hate to be doing, I always wanted to do one of these intros before the pod, but um, I hate that this has to be kind of like a heads up. Um, so we did this uh, over the podcast releasing app that we use, um, and somewhere towards the end it started um, cutting up the audio. Um, so, I'm basically giving you most of the pod, for, except for maybe the last 10 minutes, um, just because it's, it's, it sounds like an over-the-phone conversation, because the way we did it was from two different areas. Um, but the pod still sounds good. I still hope you guys enjoy it, and um, because you won't hear it at the end of the pod, um, stay blessed and uh, stay dangerous. children of all ages i am your boy stevie jobber and i'm your boy dangerous dude and welcome back to the dangerous jobbers podcast putting wrestling over one podcast at a time you damn right all right man well let's uh we got a lot of news a lot a lot a lot of news today hold on uh, hold on first things first man yeah 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 happy new year bro first show of the new year oh snap yes it is hey, first show happy new year Happy New Year, my brother. Yeah, but we definitely do got a lot of stuff to go forth with. Uh, we we have a whole whole plethora of stuff, man. Um, yeah, well, let's kick it off with the wrestler of the pie first off. All right, well, we're going to kick it off with the wrestler of the pie. I'll take that. Um, the wrestler of the pie, the first wrestler of the new year, somebody who's an amazing talent and also a young talent, Jordan Grace. Some of y'all might know her from Impact Wrestling. She's a former Impact champion, only 24 years old, wrestled for a bunch of promotions, Progress Wrestling, uh, Shine, World Series Wrestling. And in 2019, she was the number ninth ranked female for that year. So she definitely mm-hmm. she definitely has a great talent to be that young and be ranked that high. You know she's got yeah. to do something right. Yeah, and we've talked about her a lot uh, through the pod, um, especially on the women's uh, PWY25. So yeah, yeah, we we've definitely mentioned her more than once, and everything that she's been doing in this business so far, she's been doing great with it. To be that young and have that much, uh, have that much like tutelage under your belt is definitely a great thing. She's definitely going to be a great talent for many years to come. All right, man. Um, leaving that, one of my favorite indie female wrestlers. Um, it's like I said, it's a lot of news to go through. We're hitting the indie circuit first, so let me get some stuff right out of the way. Um, small news from Ring of Honor: Marty Scroll and Dalton Castle are both leaving Ring of Honor. No, oh, yeah. this is a hurt piece. Yeah, man. I know Scroll's your boy. 
I love Marty. M- Marty's the man. Dalton's the man too. But yeah, Dalton's really good too. Say say it ain't so. Say it ain't yeah. so. It's a hurt piece, man. Uh, Scrolls a really good talent. I wonder where he's going to end up. You know, the allegations have hurt him more than I thought they would because he actually has a really legitimate case. Yeah, but yeah. not for you know. But for him, like for an overseas thing, you can understand it. But we talked about it a little bit on here. I mean, those allegations, they, they're going to stick with you no matter what. Um, yeah. There's plenty of other wrestlers who've had those type of allegations, like Matt Riddle, um, Velveteen Dream, Enzo. And even if you're innocent, they're, they're still going to stick with you. But hopefully everything for him can turn out okay and he can get back on the right track and doing what he's great at. Yeah, that's what you hope for most, man. Just that he's able to find a place that's good for him, that fits, mm-hmm. and, you know, he can start to gain back some of that credibility he lost with those allegations. So, Yeah, I mean, I mean, given this might be a blessing in disguise for him being cut from Ring of Honor because he gets out of that long contract that he was in. Granted, he's mm-hmm. money on the table, but yeah. he can obviously go to other promotions and try to build himself back up. I mean, AEW ain't too far down the line, so mm-hmm. given all the storylines that are going on now with them, maybe they can, you know, work something and pull him in somehow. Yeah. Do you think do you think that because he's leaving Ring of Honor, it'll take longer for AEW to branch over that gap and find some kind of partnership with them? Um yes and no. If I if that makes sense, I mean, I, obviously Marty was going to be the person that could bridge it, but I think you have enough people that have worked there before and haven't burned their bridges that, you know, it's possible you can make it happen. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the Young Bucks did a lot of great stuff over there. Kenny did some good stuff over there. Cody's a former world champ over there, so, I mean, it's possible you can bridge that gap, but I think it would have been a little bit easier with Marty. Um, Definitely. But, yeah, I, I still think they can bridge that gap somehow. But at this point, I think with Marty getting cut, they don't really need to bridge that gap anymore. Mm. Just because, you know, the main reason for them bridging that gap would have been to get for Marty. And yeah. now that Marty's on his own, whether Marty goes to AEW or he goes to New Japan, if Marty goes to New Japan, it might be easier for them to bridge that New Japan gap. Yeah. Or if he goes to AEW, they can just cut out the middleman and they got the villain. Exactly. Well, hopefully they find a way to piece it all together. And um, I wonder where Dolan Castle is going to go because I, I'm not really sure who's got their eye on him at this point. Yeah, that, that, that's another tough one, too. I mean, Dalton's a great talent. He's definitely a great character. Um, and I think any promotion in general would be lucky to have a guy like him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know he he probably do great things in NXT. Uh, yeah, New Japan. He's been there a couple times. AEW. I think he would be pretty good. It's just, it's just a, I would just it's just a matter of I would just hope he doesn't fall into a um a character uh a character um setback. Yeah, I think he would We're look at him AEW. as the character and not for his talent and the character. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be good in AEW, probably alongside um, Sonny Kiss. Okay. 
and uh, who else is with him? Uh, Joey Janela. Oh, yeah. would probably make a yeah. They'd I, make a fun three. If I'm not mistaken, I think him and Joey Janela have a little bit of history from their indie time together. So I think that could work. And even if they haven't had that time together, it looks like on paper that they should. Yeah, I think I think they would have some good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him going one on one with the Velveteen Dream in NXT. Yeah, I could see them doing that. Um, as far as NXT goes, there's a couple guys I could see him battling. Uh, Velveteen Dream being one of them. I think Dexter Loomis would be another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Grimes for sure. There, there's a few guys I could see him battling it out with in uh, in both promotions. Yeah, so hopefully they find their place, man. But um, moving on, I personally watched uh, the pay-per-view we talked about recently, the MLW uh, Kings of Coliseum pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Major League Wrestling had, I think it was the 6th of January, mm-hmm. they had their pay-per-view, um, which, I mean, I guess wasn't too much of a pay-per-view because I was able to watch it on YouTube for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hey, those are the best kind of pay-per-views. What are you talking about? They are the best kind of pay-per-views. Um, but I, I watched I watched the whole thing start to finish. Um, really solid pay-per-view. One of the matches I was looking forward to ended up getting canceled, um, which is sad. But the rest of the pay-per-view was good. I think the way they set the matches up ended up well. Yeah. Um, the match that got canceled was Jordan Oliver, wrestler of the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, against Simon Gotch, which I don't, I don't know why it got canceled. Maybe transportation reasons for Simon Gotch, but Damn. that's a hurt piece. We did still get to see Jordan Oliver later in the night, though. Um, so the way it, it really only played up to about four matches, um, the Von Erics beat the Dirty Blondes for the tag titles. Mm-hmm which was kind of a old school cowboy fight match. Yeah. Everybody was in jeans and throwing chairs and all different types of crap at each other. Mm-hmm. They came out with a cowbell, the dirty blonde. So, needed, you know, that's something they needed more cowbell. That's what it was. It was more cowbell, but, uh, the Von Erics pulled that off, uh, which I was pretty much calling for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. The main event was Alex Hammerstone versus Kruger. Uh, Alex Hammerstone's the open weight champion. Yeah. So that was something to see. Um, no action from our joy from our boy Jacob Fatu until after the middleweight championship match. So I'll get to that first. Mm-hmm. The highlight of the night for me personally oh, was Lee Rush. Versus Myron Reed that was, for the middle MLW title. That was the highlight for you and me both, man. And they put on a show, man. They went out there and did it. Mm-hmm. So the story was, um, the story really is Myron Reed challenging Leo Rush. Um, and Leo Rush accepting. Myron Reed heard that Leo Rush came to MLW. He wanted the big dog. He was calling himself the young goat. <laughs> and he wanted Leo Rush. And Leo Rush went out there, and they, I mean, they did the damn thing. There was no interference from Jordan Oliver, mm-hmm. who was at ringside, which is which is cool to see. It's good to see a manager that just kind of doesn't get involved. Yeah. And kind of lets it be what it is. He was giving them motivation, you know, 
but he he wasn't physically interfering in the match. So they were able to go out there and have a decisive win. Leo Rush hit uh, the rush hour, got the one, two, three, but they were flying all over the ring. There was a good story there. And honestly, I was surprised Rush won, even though I was pulling for him. Yeah, that match was definitely a great match. On paper, we, we spoke about it. On paper, the match looked good. And then when you mm-hmm. watched it, even if you just watched it for like five minutes, you could tell it was going to yeah. be a quality match. I, yeah, yeah, they like, went out there and did it. I feel like their styles mix up so well that it's it's going to be very hard for something like that to not be a solid match. And sure enough, that match was probably the match of the night, in my opinion. Yeah, it, def- it definitely was for me because the Alex Hammerstone match was kind of a big guy beat him up match. Mm-hmm. The other one was the old school cowboy fight. So there's not a lot of technical ability in it, which I'm a sucker for. Mm-hmm. So they went out there and really did it. The big news for me after that match, after Leo Rush won the belt, was Myron Reed cutting an interview after saying how, you know, he already wants the belt back and this and that. But then they both get attacked, him and Jordan Oliver by Jacob Fatu and none other than uh Davari. Yeah, I I was I was just about to mention that. Yeah, so Davari is now part of Contra, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because when you think about Davari back in the day versus Davari now, uh he's a lot more legitimate. Yeah, he yeah, definitely if you would have told me uh like 15 years ago yeah, about 15 years ago that this is what Davari was going to be like, I would not have believed you. Yeah, part of one of the most uh, intimidating groups on the Indies right now, Contra. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to see. I wonder what they're going to do with Davari. Um, I'd love to see him go after Leo Rush now, that he's a middleweight champion, after they finish up with Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver, of course. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like Davari could really start to prove himself. Yeah, because, I mean, Davari, I mean, in ring-wise, at least when he was with the WWE, I was never the biggest fan of Davari. Um, yeah. On the mic, though, Davari can talk. Like, I, I think that's why they used him as a manager majority of the time. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like I feel like now, given the fact that, you know, he, he has a better look to him, he actually looks more cut up, and... Mm-hmm. His in-ring work is getting better, and the fact that, you know, he can still talk, it definitely makes him a formidable person to have within Contra. So I'm excited to see what he does with the group. Yeah, I'd be be ready for their next pay-per-view because it seems like um, Jordan Oliver and Myron Reed are going to be up against Fatu and Davari. So I'm there for that tag match. I'm ready to see it. And who would have thought Davari, 15 years later from being Muhammad Hassan's manager, would actually be doing good <laughs> stuff on the indies? All right, stuff you want to see. This is pretty funny. Um, but moving on, um, another big, big thing that happened um, right before I get into the impact news. Um, one of the really big things that happened in New Japan over the past uh, week or two, they've had Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom 15. And I'm not going to highlight the whole card because it's a lot. Yeah. It was two nights. You know what I mean? They did it Monday and Tuesday, I believe. Um, 
or Sunday and Monday. I'm not sure, but there was two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so I'm just going to touch on three of the biggest things for me. Okay. Um, first thing, um, they're new, new Japan IWGP tag team champions. Uh, Tiachi and Zack Sabre Jr. lost the belts to the Gorillas of Destiny. And bad boys right there. So Tama Tonga and Tongaloa have the belts again. You know know what seems a little weird? Mm. All the tag team champions right now, like I don't want to speak something into existence, but it seems like for most of the companies, they're all aligning with Kenny Omega, if that makes sense. It would seem like it. They got the Good Brothers, the Impact Tag Champions. Yes. The Young Bucks, AEW Tag Champs. Yep. Gorillas of Destiny just won the New Japan Tag Titles, man. I mean, I don't know, but it looks like stuff is lining up. It looks like they're painting a perfect Bullet Club story. Mm -hmm. They're pulling from everywhere, man. Which makes it even more of a thing if Marty Scroll ends up going to AEW because it really creates like what do, what do we if they get if they get together with Scroll and the Gorillas of Destiny that puts what that puts like two four six seven like eight people from Bullet Club to back together again mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you can get a uh, Bad Luck Fale in there too yeah I wouldn't even be surprised. So I mean, it's I don't know, man. It's looking it's looking pretty hot on the Indies. It definitely they're about to a a run for his money. One unit is about to take over the entire wrestling industry. For real, for real, this time, like in ratings as well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Wait wait till we get to to ratings talk because I got a lot I want to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that's coming later. Um, So two more points from New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, The big well, there's a there's two big things because there were really two main events to me. Um, First one, Okada and Osprey. Mm -hmm. Uh, Osprey beat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Ooh. So does that make Osprey the new ace of New Japan? Hmm. Like, is the torch officially passed to Will Ospreay now? I mean, maybe for the time being, but I still think that torch is Okada's. Mm. Like, remember how it was just uh, Kenny beat him once and that was it? I think it's just a, yeah. it's just a momentary passing. I don't think it's going to be the official, here go the keys to the kingdom, take the ball and run with it. I think it's just letting them know that they got high hopes for him and he's one of the top guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely does legitimate uh, Osprey and whatever Osprey's new group is going to be would be Presley. Mm. Um, but just to get a win over Okada, that's like beating John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, for real. Like that—that's an accomplishment in itself. I'm actually surprised that he won. Um, yeah, he's still an amazing talent. I mean, it's not impossible. It was just something that I didn't think was going to happen. Right. So, I mean, big props to Osprey. He's been the man for years, so. Yeah, for real. Um, At this point, they really deserve it. Yeah, because he's done a lot so far in his career, so 
to actually see him getting recognition, especially on a big stage at Russell Kingdom, that's definitely that's mm-hmm. definitely a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah, man. Um, and then the other big pay per view, it, it, it's a two parter because it happened night one and night two. Mm-hmm. Um, so night one, Kota Ibushi fights uh, Tetsuya Naito for the heavyweight and the Intercontinental uh, IWGP Championships mm-hmm. and wins. So Kota Ibushi is now heavyweight and intercontinental champion after night one. Night two, he goes up against uh, Switchblade Jay White mm-hmm. and beats Switchblade Jay White oh for the heavyweight and intercontinental championships. So Kota Ibushi is the belt collector officially after Wrestle Kingdom 15. Uh, I'm okay with that. Like, normally I'm not okay with somebody having multiple titles on them at once because, you know, mm-hmm. this year in WWE, it felt like they were doing that. Well, uh, in 2020 in WWE, it felt like they were doing that with every female talent. Every, like, yeah. Like, Bailey had two belts. Sasha had two belts. <laughs> Becky had, um, not, Bailey had two belts. Um, Asuka, everybody was having two belts. It, it, it just got tiring after a while. But Kota Ibushi... I, I can live with Kota Ibushi collecting the belts. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I I think because um, there's rumors that Kota wants to um, unify them, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know about that because I feel like they still haven't given up on Jay White. Yeah, and I feel like after beating uh, Okada. The only thing next next for Osprey is a title. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe he'll want to unify them, and maybe he'll lose them before he gets the opportunity to. Yeah, I think that would I think that would make for a good storyline. Like he goes and announces that he's trying to unify them, and mm-hmm. Osprey comes out and says, uh, "Yeah, we're not having that because you have a title that I want, and it mm-hmm. comes to one of the titles." And then I think that's how Osprey gets gets the title and prevents him from unifying them. And I feel like it'd be an easy work too, right? Because now Obushi has so many targets mm-hmm. on his back. Definitely. Uh, you got Naito, you got Jay White. If Osprey comes after you, then I'm sure you have Okada right after him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, with the war that's going to be coming Obushi's way. There's an easy way for him to just announce he wants to unify them and everyone being upset about it. Yeah. And I could see him keeping the heavyweight title and losing the intercontinental title to at least one person. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if Osprey beats Abushi, then it becomes a thing because, you know, is Abushi and Osprey better than Okada? Like, you know, where, where's that leave everything? Yeah, yeah, that that'll definitely lead into more. Uh, it'll it'll definitely lead into more stuff going forward. But I I really think that um, I think that that should happen. I think he should try to unify them and then have it not happen, and then he loses one of them, whichever one. I don't know. They can pick and choose whether it's the IC or the heavyweight, but mm-hmm. I can see him losing one of them and 
in the near future. All right. Well, that's that's everything I got for Wrestle Kingdom, guys. Um, really crazy pay per view. It's is like I said, it was two nights. So going and seeing the whole thing, if you haven't seen it, is probably going to be a bit of a task. But the easiest way would probably just to be to pay the ten dollars for that first month of uh, New Japan, yeah. just to have a secure place to see it, unless you want to scour the internet for the highlights. Yeah, I mean, for for ten bucks for one month, I would I would get the network and. Watch Russell Kingdom and then cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> right, just to yeah, see ten bucks yeah. a year just to see one pay per view. Not bad. No, still not bad. Yeah, and you know, you, yeah, it's a month, so you could probably see the some of the cups they had too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you figure people pay ten bucks a month for the WWE to watch all their pay per views, even though they're mostly mm-hmm. crappy. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for ten bucks for a great pay per view, it ain't hard. I mean, that's a treat that's hard to beat if you ask me. Yeah, especially with their charging for UFC fights now. <laughs> but um, moving on to Super Cups um, in Impact Wrestling, we have a winner for the Super X Cup, mm-hmm. and it's not TJP. Ooh. <laughs> Ace Austin won the Super X Cup, which and it was it was down to him and Suicide, and he ended up winning. Oh, of, of course it was down to him and Suicide. Of course it was, yeah, of course it was down to him and Suicide. Um, we have so much to to love about Suicide. <laughs> so it, it comes down to him and Suicide, and surprisingly, surprisingly, Suicide loses. Woo-hoo. Some of that TJP is still rubbing off on suicide. Yeah, suicide, you got to separate yourself from TJP as soon as you can. <laughs> but Ace Austin, Ace Austin has won the cup, man. So here's so here's my thing. Like I didn't expect Ace Austin to win, mm-hmm. but I'm not really too surprised about it because Ace Austin seems like a best kept secret in the indies right now. Like he's really, really good, but not a lot of people are paying attention to it. Mm. He's just kind of hanging out there, you know, he's kind of just like drifting and most, most people are kind of oblivious to him. Mm -hmm. But I, but so I agree with him. Uh, I agree with them letting him win. I just wonder um, how long it's going to take before Austin does something that everyone notices. Yeah. And then it's hard to keep your eye off of him. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's definitely, he definitely is worth keeping an eye on. For those of you who don't know who Ace Austin is, he's definitely worth uh, checking out. You're definitely best going to YouTube, looking up some of his highlights, some of his matches. He's had some great ones. Um, I th- I think it's only a matter of time. I feel like, 2021 is definitely going to be a year for Ace Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's going to make his mark. And I feel like this was the beginning of maybe Impact Wrestling making that statement. Mm-hmm. Because at the at the very top of the food chain in Impact right now, um, it's been a steady circulation of Eric Young, Sammy Callahan, and uh, Eddie Edwards. Yeah. They need some new faces. They need new people to start making these claims. 
and you can only hang out in the X division for so long. I will say this though, I like that they uh tried to put some faith in Rich Swan and give him a world title. Yeah, I appreciated that too. Cuz especially for me because I didn't believe in him going to Impact. Yeah, no, neither. Yeah, so so him becoming like a legitimate Impact champion, almost ending his career in Impact, you know, it 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 made him way more important to me. And I feel like it's one of the same things they can do with Ace Austin. Yeah, I will say that about Impact. In the last couple years, they have done a good job at making their world champions relevant. Like, they haven't had a, uh, what's the word, like, a super stale world champion. Like, someone that, like, yeah. Majority of the time, yeah. there's a couple people that have won their world title. You, even if you haven't been, like, glued to the screen with them, you're like, all right, you know what? This is a little interesting. Let me see what this guy does as the world champ. Yeah, yeah. You they've been able to hold some of some of your attention. Um, if not all of it. So I mean they're really they're on the come up, man. Since Slammiversary. Yeah, definitely, because I'm not gonna lie, I did not see Eddie Edwards as world champion material at all. At all. Yep. I didn't see him as a world champ. Um who else was it made Moose a world champ, and I wasn't really sold on Moose either. Mm-hmm. I mean, Moose did okay as the world champ. Eddie Edwards did pretty good. Um, oh, my God. Who's the other guy? Um, is it Eli Drake? Eli yes. Drake. It was Eli, Eli Drake. Drake I wasn't really sold on, but he, he, did, he did a great job as the world champ. Um, so to actually see them put the title on Rich Swan and have Rich Swan be solid, I like it. They're, the last couple of years, they've done great at making their world champions relevant. Mm-hmm. And speaking of championships, um, the women's tag team championship tournament is over. My pick didn't win. They made it to the semifinal. They made it to the finals, actually, mm-hmm. and ended up losing. But good news for us as fans, um, the very next week after the loss, Jazz and Jordan Grace had a one-on-one match. Which, to me, is pay-per-view quality, but, I mean, it's still Jazz and Jordan Grace one-on-one. I'd still be glad to see that, whether it's a pay-per-view or it's, you know, just a regular card. Exactly. So, that was really cool to see. Um, I'm just glad Jazz is somewhere where there's a spotlight again. Yeah. Um, whole new persona, but same jazz. You know Definitely what I mean? Definitely, she's one of the more underutilized and underappreciated female wrestlers of the last 20 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, when people brought up some of the greats of the old women's division, mm-hmm. um, they would always leave out jazz, and I would never understand it because when I thought of some of the greatest people Trish Stratus has ever mm-hmm. faced, I've always thought of jazz. Yeah, jazz is definitely, jazz is, in my opinion, one of the best underutilized, underappreciated women of any era. Mm. So, I mean, cool to see them back to back again. Um, the, it, you know what it is? It ended on um, a friendly note at the tournament. Like, Jordan losing to jazz wasn't anybody's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, Jordan and Jazz losing the women's tag championships was nobody's fault. Um, it just ended up 
they just ended up fighting um, a tag team that just kind of seemed unstoppable at the time. So it's no fault of theirs. So seeing seeing them go one-on-one the next week is a really cool start to something if they do it right. Because I feel like Jordan Grace and Jazz could be a really good storyline about powerhouses. Yeah, definitely. Because Jazz has always been jacked. And Jordan Grace is like her. That's kind of her whole gimmick. So... To see them to carry this to a really high place would be really cool for me. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what what else they can do. Um, those two, I could, I'm not gonna lie, I could watch them wrestle over and over and over again because it, it's mm-hmm. an entertaining match, no matter which way you do it, whether it's you know a ground and pound or literally just power moves or mm-hmm. backstage stuff with them fighting each other backstage. I could watch it over and over and not get tired. Yeah, I feel like they could have um, something like The Undertaker and Batista had where they're, like, so ripped they could just throw people at each other and it would be entertaining. Yeah, for real. You could just pick up the first closest person and launch them to the other person. Then I'd I'd have a ball with it. But we'll see what happens. Um, Hard to kill to top off the news is January 16th. Mm -hmm. So we can end it on the Bullet Club note because um, January 16th, the club, whatever kind of way you want to split it, New Japan, because it's the Bullet Club. Um, the Bullet Club the goes... Right now. Right now, they're the band. <laughs> the band that's back together uh, is going up against um, the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan. going to be a beautiful, beautiful match. A work of I'm art. I'm smiling just thinking I'm about so, it. It's going to be so beautiful. I can't wait. It's amazing. I'm so ready. I want to see Carl Anderson hit the stun gun on everybody. <laughs> I want to see him do the machine gun like one time. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah they, he should use his old theme song. Like His theme song now is good, but damn it, he needs his old theme song back. I just want to hear machine gun. Boom, 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 boom. I want to hear that again. Yeah, man. I feel like they, I feel, I feel like, you know, this is the start of something, the restart of something mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, they just got to do it right. And they're, they're right on they're track. Right. Man. So far, so good. Everything that they've done is being done the right way. I don't know if it's Kenny that's writing it, if it's Don Callis. I don't know who it is, but whoever's writing it, they need a raise. Mm-hmm. They're doing mad work out there, so mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing to see and um, just the way they put this all together afterwards. Because the story of 2020 really is um, Roman Reigns being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. The story of 2021 could be Kenny Omega uh, reuniting the Bullet Club. And Roman being the bad guy of 2020 was a good story. Definitely, a good story, definitely really telling. But I think the Kenny Omega reuniting Bullet Club is going to be way, way more compelling. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, just the interest is through the roof. You know what I mean? Yeah, because so many... And there's so many companies to pull together for it. If you can get every single company on board, oh, that'll be something beautiful. All these companies coming together for the common interest of one group is going to be beautiful. As long as we don't include Jay White, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> as long as we don't, we don't include need Jay White. White. Fuck Jay White. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Man. It's it's going to be something beautiful. As long as we keep Jay White out of yep. it and we stick to yep. the originals. Yeah, just yep, exactly. Fuck the new school, just stick to the originals, call it a day. Anything mm-hmm. after Cody, we don't want to see. Matter of fact, yeah. not, not even yeah. Cody. Anything after Kenny, we don't want to see. Yeah. The Young Bucks were pre-Kenny. Yep. Uh, Marty was pre-Kenny, I believe. Was Marty pre-Kenny? No, Damn. Marty wasn't pre-Kenny. All right, so, all right. Yeah, Marty was right. after Kenny. A- Adam Cole. From Adam Cole back, we want to see. Yes. You know what? Uh do you think if this all plays out, um, Kenny Omega goes, wins all the titles, beats Kota Ibushi in New Japan, and becomes the belt collector, mm-hmm. um, do you think Vince will answer the phone for Kenny Omega? Mm, Vince, no. <laughs> Vince, no. Hunter, maybe. <laughs> Do you, okay, do you think Hunter will answer the phone if Kenny calls him and says, I want Finn Balor with uh, AJ and an Adam Cole? You better be offering a lot of fucking money for that. <laughs> that is going to take so because, much money, it's not even, it, it's not enough money. Yeah, but yeah, think, about, think, about it, think about it this way. I have every indie company in the world on my back with their belts. I am inevitable. Outside of WWE, I am all you hear. This is big for you, more importantly, than it is for me. Because at this point, I've conquered the universe. So if I want three Bullet Club guys and two of them are already in NXT... Just give me the match, because it's at this point it's better for you than it is for me. I don't know, man. He better keep. Maybe that's why he's keeping them both in NXT. He just gotta negotiate a way to get AJ. <laughs> oh yeah, Vince ain't letting that go. Right, that's his John yeah. Cena right now. You can't just let AJ yeah. go back down for that. That's, but I, that's Vince's baby right there. He's not letting him go at all. Yeah, man. But, but I mean, maybe, maybe Kenny can convince them. Maybe they can have a sit down and be like, "Listen, WrestleMania one time only." Oh, oh it just oh. it just has to be. A I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't, I don't think. I don't think anyone's gonna okay a WrestleMania. <laughs> like, for God's sakes, it's not Floyd Mayweather we're talking about here. I don't think anyone is gonna okay a WrestleMania. Okay. Okay. Do 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 you think they could do? Like the WrestleMania takeover, oh, yeah. like the N- the say, NXT yeah. takeover. We can do a takeover. We can do a takeover. Like biggest biggest takeover of the year: Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. What number takeover are we on now? Like 30, 35, maybe. 
Mm. We're up there. I know we're up there and takeover numbers. We're up there. About takeover 40. Yeah. I feel like 50 would be too far. 50 would be too far down the line. It would sound Um, better if it was at takeover 50, but it's too far down the line. So, I mean, if you can get it at 40, you know, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, because what is that? Like maybe half a like half a year of pay-per-views. God, we're actually talking about Bullet Club yeah. going to NXT. This is something I don't think anybody would have ever talked about before. I think Triple H can make it work. I think Kenny and Hunter can sit down and really plan it out in a way that benefits both parties. So long as Cody's not in the room. <laughs> as long as Cody's not in the room, I can see it happening. Wait, maybe that's the compromise. Maybe, maybe Triple H goes okay, but um, he's like, maybe he gives him the victory. Maybe he's like, okay, take over whatever. Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. I'll even let you win, but it won't be for the NXT title. Only condition is main the main event before I beat Cody. <laughs> I was gonna say he has to make an appearance as Stardust. Oh God! <laughs> We're gonna bring back Stardust for one night only. Oh God! Oh God! That's terrible. I feel like there'd be a promo about it, but I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he'd agree to those you terms. You couldn't make it here because I you think... were over there playing in the cosmos. I can see it though. I can see Cody coming down with uh, Dustin and Brandy, and Triple H coming down with uh, Shane oh, and God. Steph. Imagine, you just said something, and um, it came to my mind. Imagine Brandy and Steph trading like insults back and forth. I love it. I would Ooh, love that. Dude, tonight that was open mic night, bitch. <laughs> She can say the exact same line. I can hear stuff saying the exact same line and me rolling oh, on the God. floor. Like, <laughs> oh, God, I need this now. All right. Uh, okay. All right. Enough. Enough fantasy booking. Uh, let's get to the NXT news, uh, yeah. brother. I'll jump right to NXT. Um, they just had their New Year's Evil. Um, it was a pretty good card. I expected it to be a little bit better. But all in all, it was still a good card. Um, there was one match that was canceled beforehand, uh, and that was Timothy Thatcher's match because he's still dealing with, uh, I believe it's a shoulder injury. Um, I believe it's a shoulder yeah, injury, yeah. And who's he's, he, he was supposed to face Ciampa, but they scrapped that match because he still has his injury. So it'll probably get pushed to a regular NXT show or maybe another pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I didn't get to that they build this as like their pay per view, but it was on a Wednesday and it was only two hours. So I don't know if it's mm-hmm. really their pay per view or they were just trying to hype it up due to uh, mm-hmm. trying to compete with AEW. But um, the card was still good. Karrion Cross and Damian Priest had a good match. Um, that match was definitely a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and I think they'll, I think they're going to wind up taking this feud pretty far. 
I think this is going like a three, I want to say like a three pay-per-view series if we count New Year's Evil. So I feel like they got mm-hmm. like two more pay-per-views in them to battle it out with one another. Uh, did you watch this match at all by any chance? Um, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. I saw some of the highlights on Instagram, but I, I, I was caught up in the MLW pay per view, so I didn't get a chance to see all of New Year's Evil. Um, basically, uh, the way that match played out, I think it's going to wind up getting pushed even farther because Priest was basically giving him everything the entire match. She was hitting him with the kitchen sink, and Cross wasn't there. Mm. And even when Cross did fall, and Priest was able to go get a pinfall on him. He was kicked out at one every yeah. single time. Damn near. So I feel wow. like um, the next one that they do, Cross will end up winning again, but it'll be a lot more closer. And then Priest will probably get up mm-hmm. on the third try. And then I think that's how I think that's how the okay. ends. Um, the Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez match. I didn't watch that entire match because, you know, some stuff was going on. But there is one thing that I did see, and it definitely made me keep my eye on Raquel now. Um, she took Rhea Ripley okay. and slammed her ass through the stage. I did see that. Through that the was incredible. Like, I've never seen anybody yeah. manhandle Rhea Ripley like that. Yeah, that was pretty Plus, amazing. I've never seen two women go through the stage to begin with. If, yeah, when was yeah when was the last time you can even? I don't think I've ever seen female yeah. talent go through the stage. It's only ever been like John Cena yeah, throwing like John somebody, Cena tossing, uh, Kali or Big Show tossing John Cena or something like that. Unless you're Jeff Hardy jumping off of stuff, but. Um, yeah, that was actually a crazy thing to see. I feel like this is going to be this got the potential to be uh, a feud of the year for me. I feel like I feel it. like they'll feud, they'll stop, and then they'll feud again. And I, I think this could definitely be. If it's not going to be feud of the year, it's definitely going to be the female feud of the year. Because I don't, see any, mm. I don't see any other yeah. female talent that can pair up with one another and have a rivalry like this. Um, not until Charlotte gets her singles run. Well, yeah, no, I, I just mean in NXT. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely yeah, in um, NXT, yeah. Yeah, as far as NXT goes, I don't think there's going to be any female feud that competes with that. Because unless, you know, Shotzi does something completely and utterly crazy with somebody. But, no, I, th- I think uh, Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez are definitely going to have the best female feud of the year. And we're only in January. Yeah. So we got a long yeah, way to go. For real, but. And I don't see, I don't see Io Shirai having a really great time with anybody. Even though I like Io Shirai's champ, it just doesn't seem like. Honestly, I'm, Io Shirai is like hit or miss for me sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's um, how I feel about it. it. War Games, I felt like she didn't need to be there. She had no purpose being at War Games. Like she, she had a couple cool spots that made me laugh, but she really had no purpose mm-hmm. of being there. But I, and you know what? I can't, I can't really, 
I can't really remember a time where I felt like that, where I felt like, you know, like the champ didn't really need to be there. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like for a War Games pay-per-view, you really don't need your champions unless your champions are in the uh, in the War Games feud to start with. Like, that wasn't her feud at all. That was basically, uh, what was it, Candice and Shotzi? Yeah, see? Yeah. I, she didn't need to be there at all. Shotzi's backup was um, Ripley and um, Candice was Dakota Kai and Raquel, and she really didn't need to be there. He could have found somebody else to take that spot. I feel mm-hmm. like the perfect person to take that spot that uh, Io Shirai was in was, um, what's this girl's name? Uh, Tegan Knox. Mm, yep. You got the history there with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai with the last War Games match, so it, it would have worked. It would have worked. But, you, I mean, and it, and it is it is what it is. I think they're possibly building um, one of these girls to take that belt off of Io Shirai. I think they've just had some problems finding who the right person is or finding someone that connects with everybody. Um, because I feel like they would have done it with Candace sooner if Candace had really stuck with yeah. anybody, but I don't think her heel turn really did anything no, it, for it. It really didn't like the Johnny heel turn. You can kind of get, I feel like her heel turn was just because, okay, my man turned heel. So let me do it. Exactly. Exactly. It feels like yeah. a piggyback. So it didn't hit as hard, but I mean, they'll find it. They'll find it. But for just, you know, just for right now, I feel like as soon as they find that person, EO can hand it over. And I don't know when she's going to the main roster or if they're even looking at her. But I mean, yeah, right now she's she's kind of hit or miss. And, uh, the main event of the card, Valor O'Reilly, too. Jesus. Yes. I'm, again, another match I can never get tired of watching. I want those two to fight forever. I'm a little upset that Balor won, even though you know how much I love Finn Balor. So am I. That is, that's probably my favorite guy right so now. Am I. But yeah. I feel like O'Reilly was just on that streak where you had to give it to him. You had the fans behind him like crazy. You had, literally, yep. even though there's not really many fans there, you can still hear the cheers. All the message boards, they're all calling for O'Reilly to be the champ. Like, everybody, I don't know a single person that doesn't want him to be the champ just for the story alone. So, I'm yeah. going to try to save it for their um, WrestleMania takeover. I thought this was the perfect opportunity to do it. Because you, ha- you have him win it now. He's the champ. Mm-hmm. Royal Rumble season's coming around. That would have been the perfect time to take Finn Balor and shoot him up back to the main roster and just have him wreak havoc in the Rumble. Because he had enough steam behind him in NXT with this run that you could do what you did the first time and try to make it work this time around. Like, Remember how they shot him real quick the first time? He won the tournament, got the universal title, and then he got hurt. I feel like this yep. would have been the perfect time for Finn. You drop the title to Kyle O'Reilly. 
You do that handshake real quick in the middle of the ring. You take the rest of the month off. You get shot up here for the Royal Rumble. You'll win the Rumble. Like, I know it's not the greatest sounding thing in the world to you, but he wins the Rumble. Challenges Drew at WrestleMania. Balor versus Drew. Balor takes the title off of him, and you try to see what you could have did the first time with it. I feel like that's a Vince thing, though. Like, I feel like that's perfectly reasonable. It's just a matter of, well, Vince is never going to do that. Yeah, but I would I would still, I wouldn't have him go back to hit old Finn Balor. Like, I wouldn't have to be smiley. No, no. You know, you know, doing the flash thing all the time. No, stick with the Finn Balor you are now. Stick with this, mm-hmm. you know, Prince, the, the Prince. badass that's just running around, kicking ass, taking names. Because when you're that Finn, you can beat McIntyre. And I'm pretty sure people yeah. wouldn't be mad that you beat McIntyre. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't because it's getting stale at this yeah, point. I mean, are we getting so bad to the point where we're that desperate for talent on the main roster? We got to call back Oldberg. Disappointing. It definitely is. So I feel like that would have been but, the perfect time for Finn to drop the title. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I mean, I agree with you. I feel like that's a good – I feel like that would have been a great plan. But I think now, unless unless they do that thing, because they've done it a couple of times where they've had mm-hmm. the guy lose the belt, they pop him up, and then he makes one appearance the next uh the next takeover just to lose it again to make sure that the the um the rematch goes but i i i feel like maybe they could do that here otherwise um if they do call him up it's kind of a waste to have him lose it and then leave and you know i don't, but i don't know i don't know I, because Balor's Balor's been down here, what, two years? Year, two years? About a, yeah, about a year and a half, I think. Okay. So, I mean, if if Vince is good with calling him up, um, I could see it because there's kind of a lack of main event talent up there right now. So I could definitely see him and this persona winning the title, a world yeah. title again. Um. But I feel like it's it probably is now or never. If there was a time to do it, this would be it. Like, this is where you got to pull the trigger, let it ride. I wouldn't wait until after maintenance because like they normally do with people. No. No. And I feel like it'd be best now because Finn, um, like, because we, we had that discussion that there really was nobody else um, after O'Reilly, except for like one person. So if Finn uh, beats O'Reilly or O'Reilly or doesn't beat O'Reilly, and he keeps the belt, it's going to start yeah, getting stale. I, I'm, this is the thing that scares me right now because at this point, it's it's going to start getting stale very soon. Like, who's next? Is it Dunn? Is it Cross? Is it Priest? Right. I don't even know. But um so with that being said, I'm gonna jump to let's jump to 
AEW real quick. Just some small news for there. Uh, we already touched on the Young Bucks joining Kenny Omega. But um, yeah, I want to know your opinion on this Darby Allen and Sting pairing. Because they got those two, I guess, Darby and Brian Cage are going to be feuding for the uh, TNT title. Which, big shout out mm. to Darby, wait, Darby uh, Allen and who? Yeah, okay. They're going to be feuding for the, uh, the title. And big shout out to AEW, too, for retiring the TNT title, the original design, and giving it to Brody Lee's family. Yeah. Um, yeah. They displayed the new title. They gave it to Darby. They did the weigh-in, and uh, Brian Cage weighed in, I think it was 272. And Darby Allen weighed in at 172. So mm. it was about a 100-pound weight difference. And then Team Taz said they were going to whoop his ass in the ring. Hit the lights, thing comes out, snow falls, and again, he's protecting Darby Allen. So I, I just wanted to get your opinion on this. Like, I guess it's like a, I don't even know what to call it. They're not a tag team, but thing's not as bodyguard either. So I don't even know what to call this pairing. <laughs> um, I call it a father and son say, pairing. It's interesting. Like it's a, it's a pairing that makes sense, but there's really nothing else to it. They haven't said yeah. anything other than it's like looking at a mirror and got it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a father son pairing for me. Um, as far as them putting them against Team Taz, if you're not going to do the Cody thing, I guess you have to give Team Taz something else. Um, and if you don't have anything for Darby, you know, I think Darby works best fighting against... Uh, fighting against somebody or uh, some force that's yeah. bigger than him. So Team Taz makes sense. It's just it just kind of falls in line together. Um, and if you still working on something for Sting, uh, then I guess just pairing him with Darby Allen makes sense. Um, so he can kind of be yeah. the equalizer, and it's still an uphill battle having Cage be the one to call him out, even though really it should be Ricky Starks, but. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever. Because he's the one who called him out, so I, I would figure maybe Starks should be the guy. But, I mean, I guess you need something for Brian Cage to do. I'll defend that FTW title. Yeah. I mean, you would guess, right? You would guess. But I, I don't know. So I guess what they're going to do this, what they should do is have both titles be on the line yeah. once they do it. Um, so we can move that FTW title around, but it is what it is. But yeah, um, as far as the father son pairing goes, I mean, I like it. I like seeing Sting with Darby Allen. I like that it's a thing. You like that it's um, a thing. as long as they, I like that it's a thing. I like that it's a thing. I like that there's two guys with black and white face paint that's very emo walking around, saving people. 
<laughs> it's just it's fun. It fun. It's fun. It works. You know, sting and little sting. You know, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's fun. It's fun to see. As long as it goes somewhere, like I hope they're not just doing this because it's something to do. Yeah, I know? can understand what you're saying because it makes sense on paper, but it's also uh, it's also just something that we don't really know much about. So hopefully we yeah. get something that you know kind of makes this more relevant. Not even more relevant, just has it make more sense. Exactly. Um, so that's pretty much what I had there, and then. Now I want to jump to WWE. We're going to do a quick, uh, just a quick jot through of it. First things first, mm-hmm. before I even shout out, uh, not even shout out, before I even talk about this disaster that was called Legends Night, Keith Lee showed his ass off on Legends Night. Like He did some stuff during this night and his main event match that, like you know he can do crazy stuff in the ring, but he took it to level that night. I don't know if it was, you know, something in the air or trying to impress the legends. <laughs> For mm-hmm. me, that entire night sucked. The only good thing was the main event match with Keith Lee and McIntyre. He was hitting moves that somebody his size are, is not supposed to hit. And I get it. That's normal Keith Lee right. stuff. We've seen him do it before. But Keith Lee is... Close to 300 pounds. Maybe he is 300 pounds. McIntyre is about 270. How the hell, how the hell do you a big boy. somebody that size with a Spanish fly off the top turnbuckle? Right. Yeah, that's a crazy spot for two like huge guys, man. Like an AJ and Adam Cole do. And to see yes. big old Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre execute that move as perfectly as they did, I jumped up out of my seat. And I don't jump up out of my seat too often when I'm watching, you know, WWE these days. That move got me out mm-hmm. of my seat. But Yeah, I mean it's 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 good to see, you know, the occasional five star match um whenever they can pull it out. But especially from Keith Lee, because he's kind of been um walking the line here like are you is he the guy or is he not the guy like from towards it but they're also like pulling him every time they push him it's like they're giving him that step forward but then as soon as he takes that one step forward all right now take two steps back and then all right now take your two exactly boom boom now take three steps back like it's like he never really he gets to a point and then they just pull him back to where he was before but they don't pull him too far back if it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. They always have him ready to go, but they never it, just like let him run in the chamber. And then whenever you're ready to just fire that shot, it's there, but they never fire the shot. So mm-hmm. big shout outs to him because he, he tore the house down that night. Him and McIntyre did very well. Um, the rest of the, sh- the rest of the show, not so much. Um, that show literally no. from, Eight o'clock to eleven was a dumpster fire for me. I couldn't. It was hard to find one. Like that was the only good thing I could see was the Keith Lee match. Everything else, I there was nothing mm-hmm. else I liked about that. 
The match with New Day and the Hurt Business, I didn't like it. The uh, the Charlotte match, uh, Charlotte and Charlotte and Oscar versus Peyton Royce and Lacey. That match was <clears throat> a dumpster fire, and they even said it afterwards uh, on a lot of the message boards. Uh, that, that match was a botch. Mm. They they botched the ending of that match. They said, and you know what? The, I don't need to see Charlotte well, that, yell at her that father wasn't again. Supposed to happen at all. He was supposed to trip Peyton, and he ended up tripping Charlotte. So they kind of just went with it on the fly. And that's why she mm. went out the ring and did what she did. So she was basically just on the fly doing what she was doing. Okay, so yeah, she was whole, just calling that it. whole segment was uh, it was supposed to be the other way around. It was supposed to be him tripping Peyton. That's why when he was backstage mm. with Randy, that segment kind of didn't really make much sense, and Randy had to you know do something on the fly too, because you could tell. Something was off about the, the segment with him and Randy. But Randy was going around as usual, uh, picking on the legends. And then, God, I'm still mad that Carlito wasn't there. It needed more Carlito. In somebody's face. And there was a, I feel like if Carlito would have been there, there was the perfect person that night to spit in his face. Angel Garza. Because Angel Garza was walking around <laughs> trying to give the rules to everybody. And then, everybody, and then, dude. Everybody. Boogeyman and getting scared of the boogeyman. I feel like at that moment with when he's going around to all the different females trying to like talk to them, as soon as he hits Tori Wilson... I felt like that would have been the perfect spot for Carlito to come in and spit in Andrew Garza's face and be like, that's not cool. Do you know what? I? You said... Um, yeah. You said who, Tori? I feel like I would have did it after Melina. He didn't even meet Melina, though. That was... Not Melina. Um, that wasn't Melina? Who am I thinking of? No, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of uh, James, Mick, yeah. Mickey James. I would have did it after Mickey James. Well, yeah, when she was with uh, who was it, Sergeant Slaughter? Yeah, all right, that that would have been a yeah. spot to do that in. Because Sergeant could have, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter could have called him a maggot, and then right he after that, Carlito could have spit in his face. face. Damn, and that could that could have like you. Carlito might have saved that. He could have <laughs> saved that night. Because another thing I was upset about was that we didn't see any legends getting in any type of altercation. So I feel like yeah, at he all. Spits in Garza's face. Garza tells him get to the ring. You see Carlito have a match for the first time in ten years. That would have been a great thing to see on a legend show. Because I think out of all, that would have been amazing to there, see. The only one that was. I'll say ring ready. Well, no, the two. The only two that were ring ready and shown multiple times were Mickey James. And I'll say Big Show, because Big Show doesn't really do much in the ring anyway. But he always kind of keeps mm -hmm. himself in good shape, and he's doing it a lot better now. So 
I think Big Show could have went out there and had maybe like, you know, a three, five minute match. But um, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Uh, they made the legends look soft too with Randy. Like, not a single legend. That was that was the sum of Legends on. Night to me. Was was Randy picking yeah, on Legends for a night? Like, come see all these legends get trashed by Randy Orton for three hours. We've seen that a million times. He won't. He's gonna grip up Big Show and I'm a million like, oh, dollars. Show, please hit him. Please hit him. And then he gonna pick on Mark Henry. Right, started to see yeah. Show punk out that he picked on Mark. That was corny. Henry. Like never, never, never in my yeah. Life, so did I, dude. Like, come Mark on. Henry, and I feel bad that Mark Henry is getting picked on. I was like, yo, leave him alone. He's on the scooter. Leave him alone. Like, yeah, like, come on. You gonna mess with a guy on a scooter, dude? Like, come on. You gonna mess with a guy on a scooter now? Big Show, we get. Like, we can understand why you're putting on Big Show. He's still Big Show. Yeah. Rick, we've seen you do that too many times. We expect it now. But you gonna pick on a man in a scooter? And then he's like, scoot your ass on out of here. I was like, I I had a laugh at that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Scoot your ass on out of my building. I was like, all right, you know what? That was a good one. Yeah, like that shouldn't be funny, but that's hilarious. <laughs> even when he's an asshole, you can't help but laugh at him. <laughs> but what a dick move, man! Like yeah, I didn't need to see that for three hours. Get picked on. We we definitely we definitely didn't need to see that. And then, sure enough, Vince, being the bright mind that he is, I know how to save the day. Goldberg. What is with him? It was like, fun what? in 2017. It was fun in 2017 seeing Goldberg come back, you know, for that hot second. After that, we didn't need it anymore. Like, we really didn't. After that, we did not need Goldberg. Like, I'm done with these, with these, uh, uh, these Brock Lesnar types. Sure like, like I get that we've been saying that, you know, we're not a fan of this run of McIntyre being the champ. But this is their compromise. Mm-hmm. That Goldberg wins the title at the Royal Rumble, I am gonna lose my shit. And I get it. We we're tired of we like yeah. we're tired of seeing McIntyre's champ, but you know, give it to somebody else right now. If that somebody else is Goldberg. I'm going to be pissed. Like, I would rather see Sheamus as the world champ at this point than Goldberg. And I thought that was going to be the whole yeah, storyline, like, dude. Like, I would not have minded that. Please. Like, I'd rather see uh, who's on Raw right now. Um, Keith Lee, I'd rather see Keith Lee as the world champ. I'd rather see Bobby as the world champ. Yeah. Um, you know, for shits and giggles, I'd rather see fucking Jeff Hardy as the world champ. I mean, I don't want to see Jeff as the world champ right yeah. now, but I'd rather see Jeff as the world champ over Goldberg. Yeah, I, I mean, and I was perfectly fine with going with Sheamus. Like, I, Sheamus isn't the greatest to me anymore, but he's still a proven yeah, champ, and he's somebody new. Champ, and he's definitely better than Goldberg. Like, you'd rather see Sheamus as the champ right now than Goldberg. Like, I can name at least five people. Mm-hmm. 
on mm-hmm. maybe more than five people on Raw that I would rather see as the world champion than Goldberg. Hell, put the title back on Miz. I was calling for it. I was ready for Miz as a champ for three months. I feel like, like I was, I was cool. This point is Goldberg wins at the Rumble. Miz cashes in on Goldberg, or McIntyre wins at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Miz cashes in on McIntyre. That is. That. I'll yeah, tell you yeah, what, though, I'm happy he got it back. Um, I didn't even peep when he cashed it in that you know he wasn't the one that cashed it in. Like, you knew it was Morrison that handed over, but you didn't think WWE was actually going to do that and go that far into it and be like, no, technically he didn't do it. So, I mean, you know what? Big props Mm -hmm. to that because that was actually something, like a hidden detail that we missed. And I was like, you know what? I actually like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something that hasn't been done before. And you know what? When it it first Mm -hmm. happened, it was like, Oh, they stretching now, but I mean, it worked. It it wasn't terrible. It worked. It worked, and getting that battle yeah, for Drew is the most it, important it, thing. The most so. important thing to do. Um, so moving on, we have some. I guess something that's light news. I mean, it's not really exciting, but you know, it's news. Ziggler and Rude won the tag team titles, mm-hmm. uh, and they're. I don't even know what to call it. They're Pepto Bismol, Pink Panther wrestling tights. <laughs> like I, I don't know what the hell they're what the hell they're uh, angle is here with those purple pe- those Pink Panther wrestling tights. But they're the, they're they're the new SmackDown tag team champions. Um, I guess are you excited to see Rude with a title? <laughs> It's like you want to say your heart is telling you hell no right now. I, you, my heart is telling me I don't hey, care about this. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about this. We the things that we got to discuss. He's like, I refuse to discuss this. Like, I don't, right, like, well, I don't care. Like, I don't, like, who... Well, but no, no. Okay, see, okay, see. All right, I, I, I'll, I'll indulge because my thing is, um, are you are you going to make them you important? You're not going to. You know what I mean? You like, is not gonna be like what comes out of this? Like, what? You know, like, 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 Like I feel so bad for um, for Bobby Roode and Dolph because this does nothing for them. Like ultimately, all this does is keep them around for a couple more months. Ultimately, I, 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 like that's all it does. Way that they can pay this off, though. It was, it's hear me out. Fantasy book, okay. Man. So I'm going off the rails here. All right, so they took the titles from the street. There we go. Right? They hold the titles for about mm-hmm. six weeks, two months, something like that. They lose them to Ray and Dominic. Or, or Dominic <laughs> and Buddy. 
because now I guess okay. Buddy is a Mysterio in a way. Right. Yeah. A Mysterio son-in-law. His name the Buddy Mysterio. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, wait. He's not Spanish, so he can't be Mysterio. It'll be Buddy Mystery. Buddy Mystery. Okay, you know what? I'm actually for that. Not because I believe in Buddy Mysterio, but just to put a belt on Dominic. I don't care who who his partner is, as long as it's somebody. Get Dominic a tag team title. For real. Put some gold on Young Dom. Respect his name. (laughs) Uh, Young Ray. Uh, so that's Put pretty some much gold all I on got the young for that, prince. that segment. Um, last and not least, Royal Rumble. Okay. The title match for SmackDown is yes. something everybody was expecting. I know some some people were really expecting this one, man. You got Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, <laughs> your tribal chief, the head of the table. The mm-hmm. The ultimate provider. My tribal chief. Defends his title mm-hmm. against Adam Pierce. What kind of clusterfuck is going on here? You know what? This has been a long time coming. <laughs> For um, <laughs> Years in the making. For the scrap I would, Adam years Pierce. in the making, I would say. And when they said that was his name, I was like, there's no damn way that was his Listen. name. Sure enough, that was his name. Scrap Daddy Iron, uh, Scrap Daddy Iron Adam Pierce. Listen, uh, he's earned this. He's earned this. Why the hell? He's been he's been moving his way up through the ladder and it's just it's just Adam Pierce's why, time, man. I truly believe. Basically what went down was they put him in in the uh, the gauntlet match, Nakamura was running the gauntlet, and I guess mm-hmm. Nakamura was running through everybody. He beat Ray. He beat um, he beat a couple people. I forget who else it was, but uh, he ran the gauntlet pretty much from start, made it to the last person. Last person was Adam Pierce. Jay and Roman jumped Nakamura, so I don't know if this is going to be a way to turn Nakamura face. And try to make Nakamura relevant. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, you know, they hit him with the Superman punch. They hit him with the super kick, speared him, all that good stuff. Hit him with the splash. Uh, and then Roman told them to ring the bell. And then Adam Pierce got hit with a super kick. And then they just dragged Adam Pierce mm. right on top of Nakamura. One, two, three, the music hits. Adam Pierce versus Roman Reigns Royal Rumble. I really don't know where this is going. Like I, I, I said we, I said we like Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce is you know a good on-screen authority figure. I like him. He's and, the unofficial you know, official we GM. Like seeing him on TV and seeing him talk. We didn't. We didn't mean we like him to put him in a mm-hmm. world title match. 
Like they, they took Yeah, it's not at all what we meant. We like this guy. We like seeing him on TV. And they're like, they like seeing this bald guy in a suit, put him in a world title match. Like, wait, hold on. You you took that completely out of context, Vince. Like, yeah, we like Adam Pierce. We don't like him as a world champion. We like him as your, you know, William Regal, you know. We don't want to see William Regal as the world champ. We want to see him as the GM. I think the I think the thing becomes um, just telling him to lay down and him yeah. wrestling with his pride I will, <laughs> to just lay down. I will say I this, think that though, becomes the whole like thing. That, is just uh, lay down. The just, segment him and Paul Heyman had backstage when Paul was like, you know, you were a good wrestler on the Indies. He's like, I remember back when you were Scrap Daddy Iron. And I wanted you in Paulie Dangerously's ECW, not Paul Heyman's ECW. So the fact mm. that he was able to, you know, mm-hmm. refer to himself as Paulie Dangerously again when talking to this guy, I haven't heard him say Paulie Dangerously, and I can't tell you how long. That is fun. Yeah, so That's I, fun. That I like old references. That, so know, maybe yeah. Paul, Pierce, Paul Pierce. Maybe uh, Paul Heyman was looking at this guy way back when, before he was even on a WWE radar. Maybe he will lay down. (laughs) For for our tribal chief. Maybe that's his initiation to becoming a Paul Heyman guy. He he is the tribal chief. He, He the man right now. But I really don't know what the purpose of this match is. I see no reason for it. Real quick, while we're um, uh, and why Nakamura ran the gauntlet out of anybody? I don't know. Pops. Yeah, thing, that, that whole thing was just weird. Uh, that's why I said pop vibe and more. Mm-hmm. Those guys are awesome. I, I don't know if they're trying to make Nakamura important again as a heel, or um, they're trying to turn on hey. Facebook friends as well. If you're a because fan of trash they were talk, telling uh, definitely go check Nakamura out NFL trash talk to lay down. And Nakamura's like, I'm not laying down. Why well, would I lay down? Change the year. I'm coming for that title just uh, like New everybody year. else. And then same BS. It's a trash talk environment, shit, but it's a family environment. We having fun. Definitely go check. I don't know if this is just like a phase to turn. Like, mm-hmm. like and shout out to all you guys, man, because you guys again, definitely or... make this worthwhile yeah, and we need somebody to making us have fun to come on here and talk about wrestling. You guys definitely are making this a fun thing for us to do. And 2020 was a good year for us as far as the podcast goes. And I know 2021 is going to be even better.